women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. My name is Esme Lawrence, and welcome to Sprinting to Success podcast. My guest today is a mind-body chronic pain coach. He has gained the trust of clients from around the world with his high effective approach to eliminating stress, pain, and other symptoms. After ending his own years of stress and pain, he now helps others to become stress and symptom free quickly and easily. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, Ken Malloy. I'm excited to have you on the show. Glad to be here, thank you. Let's go back to your past, your journey. What happened that caused you pain? Well, I had an onset of uh, back pain that happened many, many years ago when I was lifting a box, helping to set up uh, for a seminar, and that ended, that put me in bed for 10 days, and it was horrible, horrible, horrible pain. I was actually uh, struggled for an entire year where I was pretty much incapacitated, tried many, many, many different things and then found my way to mind-body medicine pioneer, Dr. John Sarno, who cured me uh, with his program. So tell us about Dr. John Sarno. Well, Dr. Dr. John Sarno um, has a uh, revolutionary theory, diagnosis, and treatment strategy for common persistent muscle pain. And the basis of his theory is that the root cause of pain, persistent pain, when there is no structural diagnosis, is emotions, is uh, seated in the unconscious. So he has a way of curing the pain by education and by learning to access these deeper feelings. Uh, I became his patient. I was a good patient, a good student. I followed his work, and in six weeks, I was pain-free. That so was such a, a powerful experience for me that I went uh, from being a video producer, uh, a full-time production company owner, uh, to basically doing his work with him, producing a DVD of his work. Um, and then he asked me to lecture to his patients and tutor his patients. And over the course of years, I, I transitioned into being a full-time mind-body coach, having been trained by him. So I got trained by the best, and, and he's passed away. It's been two years now, and um, I'm one of people, one of a number of people who are carrying on his work. Right. What's, what are some of his work? Um, what are some of his research that you can um, tell us about regarding mind-body? Well, well you, you, can, you can take random samplings of, of people who have no back pain, and uh, it's found that 40 to 50% of them have disc abnormalities that are normally uh, disc abnormalities that are normally blamed for the pain. So people 
have back pain, go to doctors. They're told it's a disc abnormality, but there are many people with disc abnormalities who don't have pain. So this direct causal relationship between structural problems and pain doesn't match. So it leads us to consider, well, then what else might be causing the pain? And what people have found is when they do this work, when they access deep unconscious feelings, when they're able to find and feel rage and shame and sadness that they might not normally look for, uh, such as going through intense psychotherapy, um, the pain goes away. So if they go back and they deal with rage, shame, um, you know, stuff like that, anxiety, then that will decrease their, um, their chronic pain? Absolutely. When you understand his diagnosis. So, so his, his, Dr. Sarno's work is central to the work I do as a mind-body coach, but mm -hmm. it's not everything. There are other thought leaders I've studied with. Uh, there are other masters that I've sat at the feet of, so to speak. But he's probably the most important one. Right. Okay. So if someone is, um, that is listening right now is suffering from chronic pain, such as headache, um, arthritis, lower back pain, what is the first thing they should do towards eliminating chronic pain? Well, the first thing is, is, is to get thoroughly checked out by a Western doctor to make sure the cause is not something serious. Arthritis, for example, is not necessarily a symptom. It's a diagnosis. Uh, but in the case of any pain, you want to be checked out thoroughly by a Western doctor to rule out serious disease. Right. After that, when one wants to consider that the cause of the pain is psychological, there's nothing to treat. And this usually happens sometimes after years of trying many things. If you've ever caught, and probably have, know people who have, are dealing with pain, it's often months sometimes years and they've tried everything and there's a lot of frustration but to, right. to answer your question directly probably the best bet is to get get a hold of dr sarno's book healing back pain because that's like that's really the bible that's really the basis of it to understand his theory right. i mean it's something i do as a coach I, I teach people it and that's one one way to do it if you want to learn it from a book get his book right if you want to have someone teach you, call a mind-body coach. Okay. So how are your solutions to chronic pain different from traditional Western medicine diagnosis and treatment? Well, Western medicine, Western traditional allopathic medicine um, considers that the cause of pain is uh, structural. The way that Western medicine thinks is if it doesn't show up on a lab test, it doesn't exist. Right. Not so with mind-body medicine. Um, so traditional Western medicine tells us we need to find something structural that's at the root cause. Not so with mind-body medicine. Mind-body medicine is telling us uh, that there's emotions deep within us that are starting to come to the surface. And the pain, remember this is all psychologically based, Okay. The pain is serving the purpose to distract the conscious mind away from these feelings that start to come to the surface. So the pain manifests in the service of distracting our conscious mind away from unconscious emotions. Okay. So the woman who has back pain for years goes away the day she divorces her husband. Ah. 
it served as a distraction. Or I had a client who was uh, graduated from law school and the next morning he woke up and he couldn't walk. Mm-hmm. On an unconscious basis, he was furious. He actually ne- didn't ever wanted to become an attorney, his father, his brothers, his uncle. But he wasn't facing what was true for him. But the, his unconscious mind caught up. Right. So in mind, body, medicine, we're always looking for what's going on psych- psychologically. That's the difference. So let's go back to your case. Uh, what was causing your chronic pain, chronic back pain? Well, you know, initially when the back pain went away, um, I didn't have to do the deeper work just by understanding that it was a ruse, that the, the pain was there as a distraction was enough. Um, the second time that I got rid of uh, chronic pain was neck pain, and that related to uh, some conflicts from childhood. So Dr. Sarno says there are three sources of these emotions. One is childhood, what he refers to as leftover emotions from childhood, which is an extremely polite way of saying trauma, right? likely from abuse. Right. Okay. Um, about 90% of my clients have endured that. Then there's life pressures, which we all deal with every day, right. and personality <laughs> traits. So I'll give you a quick example, and it'll give you kind of a piece of the psychological orientation, okay? okay. Let's, say, let's say you're a perfectionist, okay? You want everything to be perfect. What's the problem? Things are never perfect. Things are never quite perfect. And if they are, they're just for a moment. Right. So how infuriating could that be? Or another great example is in terms of personality traits is somebody who is a, um, a people pleaser. Okay. Now, why would a pe- being a people pleaser cause someone to feel unconscious rage? Well, what tends to happen with people who try to please everyone is they expect it in return. Mm, that's but, right. But that's not the way most people are not that thoughtful. No, and they're so not. It's, <laughs> so it's, it's like the, 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 the people pleaser unconsciously. Remember, we're looking at the dark side of the psyche, and it's not always pretty, but it's reality. The yes. people pleaser will say, I'm nice to everybody. How come they're not nice to me? Right. And so that's the source of this rage. So mind-body medicine is really about peeling the layers off of the psyche, seeing what's going on underneath, telling the truth, feeling those feelings. And the symptoms go away. Right. So uh, a people pleaser when they have that all that rage because their um, others are not returning their their kindness, they end up might have a uh, pain in the neck. <laughs> various various types of symptoms. That's correct. Or, or or lower back pain or you know any type of pain, chronic pain. And and once they go back and dig deeper, maybe with your coaching, uh, then they'll discover um, you know the reason why and that, that their chronic pain will not go away. It's understanding that there are parts of us, uh, I like to call it uh, becoming or acknowledging um, not you. Right. You know, I would never be a person who would be jealous of that, or I would never be the person to be mad. But you know what? We all are. We all have a dark side to our psyche. And um, it's not easy sometimes to face that. Right. But... Um, uh, Jung, the Swiss psychologist who, who was Freud's protege, referred to it as the shadow. You know, we all have a shadow side and we have to meet 
that part of our psyche with patience and kindness and love and uh, know that um, within us lives, even though we don't feel it, that's the nature of the unconscious. Mm -hmm. Maybe some profound sadness, maybe some shame, maybe some rage. Oh, yes. And, and learning to, uh, to hold that. Right. Because we all have a dark side. We do. <laughs> right. right, right. And, you know, the saying goes, what you don't own, owns you. That's right. So if you're not acknowledging the existence of this, in some way, it's going to be running you. Right. And that actually takes us to one thing I want to not forget to mention is pain in a way, if it helps us to learn and grow uh, by going into deeper parts of ourselves, actually can be a gift. Oh, definitely. Because it forces the learning and, uh, and the growing, and, and maybe that's what it's all about. Oh, definitely. I wrote um, a book uh, that I actually, um, How to Embrace Challenges, Step into Your Power. And writing that book can really, um, I have to go deep and, um, you know, and kind of discover some my pain, my shame. And when I brought that to the surface, I, I felt better. So going to the dark side, it made me a better person. We all have to face it. And if we face it, we, we can actually deal with it. That's right. That's right. So now let's talk about stress. There are a lot of people who work in high stress jobs. So what, would, what, would, what are some of the physical, emotional symptoms of stress? Well, stress can um, uh, cause so many different symptoms. I, I think it's important to understand that when we are in a state of hyperarousal, when we're dealing with everyday demand, it's important to acknowledge that modern life is not always our friend. And right. uh, in the saying the caveman era, stressful situations were short lived. We had lots of time to recover. You know, right. you, you might have been potential prey of a wild animal and you ran and you hid and, and then you've had a chance to, to recover. Modern life, um, I mean, imagine what it was like a thousand years ago or 300 years ago. No electric light, right. no electricity. You were born, lived, and died, died within 100 miles of, your whole life happened within 100 miles. And um, um, people got up and uh, with the sun and went to bed with the sun. Now, with all the electronic... Um, uh, uh, gadgets. <laughs> gadgets were under constant bombardment. You know, you can work 24 hours a day now, and some people do work all hours. Right. Um, so we're not giving our psychology or our physiology or our biology a chance to recover. And psychology, worrying or focusing too much that drives the physiology, which keeps us in a state of hyperarousal, and that ultimately affects our biology, causing disorder and disease. So skin conditions, to, your, to answer your question, insomnia, anxiety, panic attacks, depression, all of this is from focusing too hard. So there actually is a very, there are very easy ways to reduce stress. When we understand that the problem with being constantly stressed out is not, uh, I'll give you one very important, two maybe, frameworks that I use. First of all, the stress itself, um, or being, in a, being stressed out, being in a stressful situation that perpetuates, that's a problem. Like pain is a problem. 
but it's not the problem. It's a problem. It may be a big problem, but the problem is not knowing what to do with it. It's not knowing how to process it. So the challenge then becomes not so much what is the content of our experience. Like right now you're hearing me, people that consume your work are listening to me and you talk now, and this is just information, vibration, words, images that you're taking in. That's what's happening at this moment. Who knows what's going to happen in your next moment. But the challenge is not the content of your experience. And that's what we focus on. What we're thinking about, our imagination, our fantasies, um, our memories, what we're looking at, what we're feeling, what we're smelling, what we're tasting. But that content isn't really the important thing to attend to. What's important to attend to, Esme, is how are we processing that information? Are we gripping? Are we resisting? Are we fighting with it? Are we fully letting it flow through us? Because how we pay attention, rather than what we pay attention to, how we're paying attention to the moment, to the experience, that determines whether what's happening will process through us and will resolve and will flow rather than will dissipate rather than it be a situation where we stay stuck in it. So how do they move through that, through stress or stressful situations? What do they do? Well, changing the way you process experience, I can give you a good example. We change our orientation towards what's right in front of us. So you're in the space where you do your podcasts, right? Right. And it's a, some sort of room you have. And maybe, you know, some oh, yes. people, sometimes they'll use, I know people use a closet, you know, because it's, they can make it soundproof. Yes, definitely. It's like a closet I'm using now. It's a, a small bedroom. A small bedroom. Okay. Yes. So we could say, um, uh, you might say to me, Ken, look around your living room. What is it in this room that takes up the most volume, the most volume, right? And I might look around and, if you were in my living room with me, you might say, well, it's the couch, right? Takes up the most volume. Now, what might you say in your room? Maybe it's your body. If you've taken everything out, you made it into a studio sometimes, right? Yes. So both of those answers, and I'm going to give you an answer to your question that is going to do maybe nothing more, but give you an opportunity to peek into a new realm, a doorway into a whole other way of being. But maybe that would suffice for this arena. Okay. So I would say someone might come along and say, no, Esme, you are not the thing that takes up the most volume. And Ken, the couch in your living room is not that which takes up the most volume. You say that because you have a particular orientation. So we have a particular orientation and our orientation is towards things like glasses and water and phones and shirts and eyeglasses and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and and more stuff things and doesn't pain show up a little bit like it's got some substance to it it doesn't really it's not like a rock but it has a certain heft to it as does anxiety as does fear as does sadness and i know that if you were to say yeah i'm the thing that takes up the most volume in my recording studio or my couch takes up the most volume in my living room It's not. It's revealing our mistaken orientation towards things, object consciousness, because here's the punchline. 
the thing that takes up the most volume is the space. The space itself? We forgot about the space. Hmm. Interesting. Right. The space takes up the most volume. Now, maybe not in a podcast in the time that we have. I actually do have a gift for your listeners, a place to go to take 30 minutes to go deeper into this notion. It's a recorded uh, lesson training that I have. But when, to answer your question now, I know it's a long way to go to answer a question, um, <laughs> but you know, sometimes it's worth it. When we change our orientation and our relationship with space, we discover a place to bring stress and pain where it will naturally, organically dissolve and dissipate. But that way to do it is not something that you understand intellectually. You can understand the framework of it. How you do that? Well, you might have to hire me to help you do that. Oh, okay. Okay, listeners, you have to hire Ken in order to, uh, to get the solutions to that. Okay, so Ken, let's, um, let's talk about um, limiting mindset. Lots of people have dreams or goals for their life, but um, they're afraid to go after it because of doubt or fear that's holding them back. What would you say to those people? There's a number of things. Um, I certainly, the shortest answer I can give you is um, really get some help. In every, I was in the music business. I worked for CBS Records. I worked for MTV. I worked for HBO. I helped launch Comedy Central. I had my own video production business. Wow. For about 25 years, and I was very successful at it. I turned myself into a mind body coach. And in every instance, I had a great coach. Right. And so, if I had a chance to answer the question in an elevator, and that was the time that I had, I would say, find someone who can hold a vision of you that's bigger than you can see of yourself. Right. Tiger Woods is still the best golfer in the world, and he still takes golf lessons. That is so true. You know, um, I really believe in coaching. And somebody once said, even the great Michael um, Jordan, the basketball player, the great one himself, has a coach. And he's awesome. So we can all use a coach to help us on our way to regarding, um, you know, decreasing fear, limiting mindset, you know, and to go after our goals and our dreams. And, you know, and sometimes I struggle with that. And, you know, but then I, I have coaches that um, will help me and I have a mindset that I can overcome. So, um, you know, so that's the difference for me is that even though I might be down, I'm never out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, if you wanted to take a little more time, I don't know how, your timing is here, but there are some specific things that I could say, say someone could say, it's a funny thing about coaching. You know, people will say, oh, I, I can never afford a coach. My feeling is in my life, I can't afford to not have a coach. Right. Because I know that, I mean, I had one coach, I paid him seven fifty a month for five years. And one piece of advice saved me $250,000. Oh, for sure. So you do the math. I mean, if that one piece of advice saved me. And right. when we limit our ability, when we, when we limit our actions in the world to our own subjectivity, to our own thinking, we don't know what good idea someone else could have. That's right. Because if I'm on the field and I'm hitting the defensive lineman, I can't see the bigger picture, but you as the coach on the field can say, yes, I am making headway. 
And the specific piece I wanted to say has to do with the resource of thinking that we use. Now, to get to the unconscious emotions in mind-body medicine, we need to learn to think less because we, we tend to be identified or really overly identified with thinking. Right. You know, someone can say, oh, I made a choice. I did the thing I thought I should do, and it didn't turn out to be the best choice. I should have listened to my gut. Right. What are they saying? That they had access to a deeper part of themselves. You can call it your psyche, your soul, your spirit, whatever you want. But when we learn to think less, quiet our minds, and calm our emotions, we can find a way to access deeper wisdom right. within us. And that deeper wisdom, what are the things you talked about? Stress, self-doubt, fear, insecurity, uh, all that stuff. When we're listening to the deeper part of us and how that stuff really resonates, suddenly all those things that might stop us if our only orientation is the thinking mind, there comes a deeper knowing and that transcends. It's like you're, you have fear, bring it with you, live it. Right. And that's what I would say to anybody who has anything that's getting in the way. Make room for it, live it, learn from it. Right, learn from it. I love that. Yeah. So, so Ken, I want our audience to know that you have a book on Amazon. It's called Thrive at the Top, the CEO's Guide to Chronic Pain Relief. So tell our listeners why they should buy your book. Well, anyone, uh, it is targeted to uh, CEOs, and that's who I, I speak to. I worked a lot with them in, in uh, really every business I've been in, I guess. You know, the, the book is really for anyone who has uh, stress and or pain and is, has uh, deep and complex demands in their life. And I think that's right. just about everybody. So yes, <laughs> everybody. It's interesting to read, I suppose, uh, if you're not a CEO, what their world is like. And I've had clients say to me, well, if it'll work for a CEO, it'll work for me, right? So if you have stress and uh, you can't seem to get a handle on it, or if you have chronic pain and it's just not going away, then Thrive at the Top will give you immediate access to powerful and relatively easy tools and techniques to apply to reduce stress and to eliminate pain. And it took me a very, almost 40 years now to figure all this stuff out. So, you know, I don't take what I've learned and what I apply to my clients lightly. And the challenge is there's lots of things out there that people have tried that haven't worked. And you know, the worst part about trying one more thing isn't maybe the money they might be spending or the time invested. It's getting their hopes up yet one more time and having it be just smashed against the rocks. They don't want to go through that one more time. Right. So I say, don't give up. Keep trying. You know, uh, I think success is really a question of the ability to be successful has everything to do with one's relationship to what one considers to be failure. I say the only time you fail is when you stop trying. That's right. Yeah. That is awesome, Ken. So Ken, thank you so much for joining us today on Sprinting to Success podcast. You can learn more about Ken on EsmeLawrence.com. 
Thank you and have an amazing day. My name is Ken Malloy and I am sprinting to success with Esme Lawrence. That's right. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ken. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.